Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, first meeting with a new direct. Ask questions. Here we go. Just a quick note before we go on. We don't often, but we do have slots available for the April 23rd and 24th Effective Manager Conference and Effective Communications Conference in Chicago this year. So if you're interested, check it out on the website, www.manager-tools.com. Hope to see you there. In earlier guidance, we recommended managers have a quote-unquote first meeting with their new team member. Right. Makes a lot of sense. And we encourage folks to recommend to their directs some applicable guidance. Be honest, be kind, that always helps, and achieve results. And we also recommended that we make this meeting the first of several weekly meetings where you could regularly communicate about important issues. But we didn't go into what those subsequent meetings may be. And so today we're going to continue our guidance around those recommendations. Yeah, exactly. So uh, really simple cast. First of all, you want to have these meetings about one week apart. Uh, We recommend you have a meeting that's this important as the first meeting of the morning. We recommend you go ahead and send a meeting request. You know, we assume that most organizations are that way. Some of you are smaller and probably don't use that, but we recommend if you're at a larger firm, you do that. And send guidance that the meeting is is part of the continuing, depending upon whatever you want to call it, but send guidance that your direct should expect to update you on their first week, or if this is in the second week, for instance, their third week, for instance, their first two weeks um, on board. Remember that the first meeting we recommended was on day one of their start date, first thing in the morning to get them started. And then uh, the last point we're going to make is that you're going to give them new guidance, which is to ask questions. To, to keep your directs from trying to act as if they know everything, to avoid being perceived as not knowing things. We want to encourage new hires to ask questions when they don't know things rather than covering, covering up the fact that they don't know. Good. Okay. So our first piece of guidance doing the second meeting one week later sounds pretty simple, right? I mean, we did one meeting one week and the next week we're going to do the next, but you know, for quite a while, we recommended having these meetings daily. And we don't give that that recommendation anymore. Why is that, Mark? That's It's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, you're going to have more five or more of these meetings, right? Um, and if, if you follow our guidance, and our guidance will continue to roll this stuff out pretty regularly. Uh, now, look, you could choose to have more of those uh, if you need to communicate more. But probably... Much more than five meetings, you start losing the newness and the freshness of the hire. And so if you have more than five topics, I would recommend that you uh, you start doubling up your topics in order to get them all done. If you have the meetings daily, and let's say there are five, you're going to be done in a week. That length of time really isn't enough to achieve one of the hidden values of these sessions, which is to detect whether or not you've got wrong footing going on. In other words, people getting off on the wrong foot. Now, look, I know some of you are, are like, no, eh, they're using that word wrong. Um, <laughs> we, we are cheating a little because wrong footing is actually a verb to describe an intent, usually in a game, um, to put somebody on their wrong foot. But hopefully you catch our meaning. We don't want folks starting off on the wrong foot. And if you're meeting with them every day and you get done with, let's say, your five topics in five days, once you're done with that, you'll immediately start thinking of them much more so as a part of the team, and you won't be as aware of potential problems in terms of their newness. A week is long enough for them to have some experiences, 
for them to have a sense of how things are going. And so for a long time, we recommended them daily and managers did them daily. When we started moving them to every, you know, every third day, every fourth day, we finally hit on every week being about the right period of time because this way you're having a regularly scheduled meeting for at least the first five weeks that somebody's on board. In addition to your one-on-one, because the one-on-one might start week three, obviously, or even week two if you wanted, but the one-on-one is much more about what they want, and this meeting is much more about you want what you want to impart and maybe to hear from them as well. Look, most managers, and we say this, I mean, it's not true for everybody, but most managers forget pretty darn quickly about new hires. Most managers tend to act as if the hard part, hiring, is over, right? They trust the hiring process. They tend to minimize the importance of onboarding, which is, of course, the process of turning a new hire into a high performer. And so we need more than a week to detect somebody getting off on the wrong foot. And, and like it or not, like I said, once we stop having these meetings, they're going to feel like their onboarding, onboarding process is over. They're just going to become another team member. They're going to feel that way. We're going to feel that way. And their willingness to be open to big picture guidance will probably start to diminish because you know, it's the difference between being a recruit and being on staff. And also, it's if you get all this stuff in, in one week, it's a lot to absorb. Yeah, right? it With, is. Without any organizational context, right? Exactly, yeah. The second reason that you want to give some time is you want to have asked around about their first few days. The question's like, how's the new guy working out? How's the new dude doing so far? What's your sense of Austin, the new person, Right. Any concerns about the new team member? Generally, though, I will say if you ask any concerns about the new person, you want to generally reserve that question for your better performers or professionals. You don't want to start a situation where one of your weaker performers thinks he or she has a unique opportunity to get away with throwing a new person under the bus. When you say asking the question, asking the question of your better performers. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, these are questions you're going to ask other members of your team so you can be gathering data during the week so that then when you meet with her or with him, you can validate what your team is saying with what they say. But if you do it every day, you, they won't have enough data. Well, I only spent five minutes with them yesterday or, you know, gosh, I was out yesterday and so on. So you won't have enough information. And the key to those questions is any one answer that you get won't be terribly illuminating, but there may be a pattern. And if you don't ask, there may be a pattern, but you won't know about it. And look, you'd have to be smoking crack not to ask. So wait a week between meetings. Now, why do you recommend that we make this meeting the first meeting in the morning? If you want to send a message that a meeting carries special meaning, ask that it be the first one of the day for both you and the person you're meeting with or with the group. Your direct will have thought specifically about this meeting the night before if you tell her, I want it to be the first meeting of the day, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and these are tone-setting meetings, okay? And they are the most important meeting that person is going to have that week. Certainly, they're going to do work in some other meetings that they're at, but that work is related to things that everybody else is doing. But these meetings are set in the tone that will essentially stick with them for weeks and months and hopefully years. They're not contributing all that much right at the beginning, So a one-hour meeting with you when you talk about fundamental principles is a lot more valuable than the one-hour meeting they're going to on something else. So it's just a way to send a message. This is important. Pay attention. Okay, sending a meeting request, 
Why do you recommend that? Same reason or different reason? You don't have to do this. And I know some of you in smaller firms, that's not the way you do things and that's fine. But look, we're looking to understand how this person is working out. Too many managers think the hard part's over, I've hired somebody. I mean, Mike, you and I have talked, we may have talked about it online about the time that you hired somebody and it was a couple of months. And, you know, once you've hired them, you're good to go. And then a couple of months later, the guy calls right before he's supposed to start and says, I'm not going to start. Oh my right? God. Painful lesson. Painful yeah. lesson. And, and it's all part of the, the denouement after you've made the hire, right? Before the hire, you're thinking, I got to get a, I got to get a hire. Once you get the hire, the problem that you were trying to solve goes away. But that's only one problem solved. You now have another problem, which is making this person effective. And if you act as if the hard part's over, they're going to get that from you. And they're going to think, oh, okay, so I'm just supposed to fit in and I'm just going to become one of the, one of the cogs in the system, which is, which is not good. So it's important to start paying attention to your new direct and how they behave. So why not find out about how, your, how this new direct responds to meeting requests? Why not find out how quick she is with emails from the boss? And, you know, those of us who have a little bit of Machiavellian tendencies, we may very well pick a day to schedule it where they already have a meeting. And so they have a conflict, particularly with a peer of theirs, and see whether or not they move that meeting to be able to make our meeting with them. And if they say, well, I don't know what to do, or if they say, well, I mean, imagine, guys, you're a new man, you're, you're a manager, you've been there a couple of years, you got a new hire, and you send him a meeting request. Let's say it's Tuesday, and you say, I'd like to meet with you Friday morning at 8 a.m. And he sends back, no, I can't. And if he's only been there a week, I would raise my eyebrows a little bit. Now, I'm okay with that in the sense that he's saying he's protecting his calendar. And then I'm going to say, no, change it, move it, because my schedule matters. And I'm trying to send a message that this is the first meeting of the day. And I'll tell him, I want the first meeting of the day. So whatever you've got, move it. And let's see how he responds to that. And if he doesn't respond well, it's an opportunity for me to say to him, look, as a general rule, I respect that you're going to keep your calendar. And when my boss needs time from me, he gets it. And when I need time from you, I'm going to get it as well. It's just one of the ways we do things around here. And I know a lot of bosses who mistakenly believe that everybody's calendar is equal. And therefore, if one of your directs has his calendar full, you can't get on his calendar. Folks, that's just not accurate. Okay. Not all calendars are equal. You get paid more, and therefore your calendar, which is a representation of your time, which is worth more to the company, is more valuable than your directs. Now, some, some people like to say, well, I'm much more egalitarian than that. That's fine. Try to be egalitarian when you have to fire somebody, or for that matter, when you have to hire somebody, right? You have a certain amount of role power. You are given certain abilities that people who report to you don't have, and your boss has abilities you don't have as well. And sometimes that's, that's a valuable thing to have. It is one of the little bits of grease we have and the friction that exists when we put lots of people in one organization. By the way, we would recommend a 30-minute meeting if you're somebody who tends to start on time. Look, if you have a habit of being late, 30-minute meetings sometimes can be difficult. So you might schedule an hour, although I generally hate meetings that are scheduled for an hour. If I'm pretty darn certain, they're not going to go for an hour. I'd rather try to cram everything into 30 minutes. The problem is I know a lot of managers are late to meetings, their own meetings, which drives me crazy, but let's embrace reality. Good. Okay. This guidance, sending guidance, expect to update me. What's that all about? Yeah. We, we recommend you call the meeting something like guidance slash update or check-in slash feedback. Lacking that, if you don't want to give it a specific title or you have your own title that you've started, 
right? Manager meeting number two or whatever, I don't care. Make clear that the purpose of the meeting is twofold. Hearing from them about how they're doing and you giving them some guidance. I do like the idea of the the title of the meeting, naming the meeting specifically such that it's just a, it's just a constant reminder to your direct on what the purpose is. I think that's, yeah. that's brilliant. Agreed. We've seen it happen that new hires are somewhat less than open with their comments. It's not a big cause for concern. In most cases, they just don't know what kind of boss you're going to be, and they're hedging their bets, which is probably smart, frankly, because bosses have power. So you may have to probe a little bit when you're asking them for input on how things are going. Let me put it this way. If Mike was my direct guys and he said, I said to him, hey, how's it going? And he said, fine. I might say, let's see if you can't expand upon fine. (laughs) I think in this situation, a fine is a bit of a dodge or it's a bit of a hiding behind the classic project management answer, which is how's the project going? Fine. That said, there are some ways you can probe. And this is not an exhaustive list list of questions, but these are the kind of questions we recommend you ask every week to the people that you're meeting with, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six weeks long. Where are you on your onboarding task list? Tell me a little about your interaction with your teammates. What meetings have you been to? By the way, that one I asked and got a surprise once. It was like, I haven't been to any meetings. And basically, he hadn't been invited. And he was feeling completely left out. Not that meetings are the greatest place in the world to be, but it's where everybody else on the team was. What deadlines do you have this week? Again, you'll be surprised. In some cases, depending upon the job, they're like, well, it's, you know, I've I've been here a week and I I don't have any deadlines yet. Mm -hmm. That would worry you. Deadlines drive behavior. Without any deadlines, you're going to get less behavior, no question. And if you're paying them full time, they ought to be working full time. Okay, how are you dealing with those deadlines? You know, are you going to make them? Give me a status report. Another question, anything surprise you? That's an interesting question. Yeah. yeah. You could also say anything concern you or or any problems you want to let me know about. Are these questions limited to this the second meeting we're talking about? Or is this something? No, it's standard. These are, the kind of, these are the kind of basic questions. We'll be giving you more in the weeks ahead. But these are, you know, I would be asking them every week, some, some portion of these every week. And again, as I said earlier about asking your, your directs about how the, the new guy is doing, it's unlikely any one of these answers is going to be terribly illuminating. And so therefore, our guidance in this situation is to write everything down and pay attention to trends. For example, if she mentions struggling to fit in two to three times with different folks, make sure that you circle back with the team and ask them about their sense of her fitting in. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Now, one of the biggest mistakes too many new directs make is failing to ask questions, right? The direct doesn't right. ask questions because, well, they're new and they don't want to appear unknowledgeable. They don't want to highlight the fact that they don't know a lot. Right. Because, well, frankly, they don't know a lot. Right. They, they don't. don't. <laughs> they're, they're new. But, they, but you're the boss and they don't want to look stupid. So that's, right. so, how, so how do we help the direct? Yeah. My experience has been there, the new hires essentially rely on the idea that if they don't ask, others will assume that they know. And a lot of time that works because later in a different conversation, you hear the phrase or the issue brought up again with a little bit more detail and suddenly everything clicks in place. Now, most people on the team are saying, well, that's not really, you know, gosh, if he's not asking questions, he must know because if they didn't know, why wouldn't they ask? And that's just a good example of how 
somebody's points of point of view changes things, right? Once you've been around a while, you don't worry about asking a question or two, but new folks would be asking a lot of questions without the relationships, without the past performance uh, to reinforce that they were good at their job. They haven't done their job long enough to be good at it in anybody else's mind. So when they ask questions, they think they look ignorant, particularly since everybody else around them acts as if they know. Yeah, as opposed to looking new. <laughs> yeah, are. exactly. So we recommend you tell your new directs We've got four pieces of guidance. Please ask questions whenever you don't understand something. There is nothing that's off limits. Number two, you will not be penalized for asking. Number three, you might very well be penalized for not asking in the form of later not knowing or me asking you after the fact in a meeting, for instance, what just happened and if you understood it. Okay, if you didn't understand it and you don't ask, I'll assume you understand it. And then if I ask you, tell me what that just happened and you don't have a good answer, you're hiding and I won't like that. I'm giving you a pass right now. It's okay. You don't have to hide. Ask any question you want. And the last point is, I've told everybody on the team that every question you ask is legitimate and they're to answer to the best of their ability. I've told them to watch for you not asking questions because even though that's normal, it's also stupid and it's ineffective. And we don't do ineffective here when we can avoid it. Now, look, guys, you can say those questions any way you want. The key basically here is to acknowledge, you know, there's a good reason for them not to ask. You want them to ask. You've told others to answer and you've told others to let you know what kind of questions they get. Now, look, the fact is, I mean, it's pretty simple guidance here, but for some folks, even this won't be enough. That said, it will motivate some people who are kind of on the bubble and thinking I'm gonna hide my ignorance for now, it will motivate them to ask more questions. And the sooner they ask questions, the sooner they get the right answer, that speeds up their path or their process to becoming effective. And that's why we think onboarding is really important. Onboarding is the path of taking a new person and make them highly effective. And the sooner we can make them highly effective, the sooner they're earning their pay. That's it, every week, first meeting in the morning. It doesn't have to be the same day every week, but we do recommend first meeting in the morning. Send them any requests, see how they respond. Hey, just to be clear, Mark, we didn't talk about this, but specifically, it's a different meeting than the one-on-one. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have said that. You're absolutely right. The one-on-one is still happening because think about it. This meeting is for you to learn about them. The one-on-one is for them to talk to you. Mm-hmm. It's different. So don't try to combine them. This is a separate meeting. No. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Because look, everybody else on the team is getting one-on-ones, right? And they may have a bunch of questions during the one-on-one. If they have a bunch of questions, you don't want to go in there saying, okay, I'm going to take over the one-on-one and we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. Right. That sends the wrong message about the purpose of one-on-ones and beginnings are delicate times. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, the last two points just wrapping up is send them some guidance saying, I'm going to expect an update about how things are going. And then of course, cover the new guidance, which is please be asking questions now. You have a pass for a while about asking questions. Like we said, we're going to continue this series in the future with more topics. Part of these, the value of these meetings is additional oversight to avoid that early wrong footing, as we said. And part of it is to inculcate the right values early. And frankly, early on in a relationship, the things that go without saying need to be said. And that's what we're doing here. Awesome. Thanks, my friend. You bet, partner. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.